Welcome to the Blockbusters and Birdwalks podcast. I am the curator, Garrett Chaffin Kirai. As a teen, I spent many hours inside video rental shops. New releases enjoyed the most prominent shelving naturally but I often loitered in less popular areas of stores where I picked out movies to watch based on cover art. Common eye candy, whether in photographic reproduction or illustrations, included nearly naked bodies, mostly women, unless this was a sly Rocky Rambo pick where beef was the point, brandished firearms, usually rifles and pistols, but sometimes a revolver or something more exotic like a bazooka, big explosions, orange fire looked best to me, Clear muscle definition, flexed and oiled, obviously, and stoic faces. These, ladies and gents, meant business. Vegas! As I was enjoying the fantasy details of cover art by Boris Vallejo, I noticed an important trend in video sell-through. Every theatrical hit is followed by waves of copycat titles. For example... Terminator made Schwarzenegger a household name and introduced many of us to the idea of evil robots out to do us harm, which led to knockoffs that have continued through the present. And this wave of Versat's entertainment meant that wily customers like me had to be on the lookout for something truly special like the good bad cyborg, or else get stuck with something bad bad like class of 1999. This digression about formulaic entertainment that leads to ecstatic influence as Jonathan Lethem might describe things, brings me to Zack Snyder's 2021 Netflix-distributed zombie action horror fantasy satire, Army of the Dead. Marketed through streaming trailers, pop-up ads, and numerous promotional posters and images that include nearly naked bodies, brandished firearms, big explosions, clear muscle definition, and stoic faces, you can boil things down to a simple slug line. A dramatically useful cross-section of humankind must escape an impossible trap or die. Legions of fanboys and some fangirls, too, dress this noisy thing up as something more than what it is, but let's first agree to three common ideas before we go any further. First, a person watches Army of the Dead not for great dramatic literature, but for willed irony, because we each know that we've already been hoodwinked by advertising sleight of hand, as only COVID-bludgeoned audience members during these confinement times can be hoodwinked, that tells us Zack Snyder is the Orson Welles of zombie movies when he is, in fact, the Michael Bay of Las Vegas capers. Second, Army of the Dead is not good entertainment. But because a person who watches the movie has already been hoodwinked by its savvy release strategy, and with open arms too, at least in my case, because just ahead of the Netflix Go Day for streaming Army of the Dead, I visited Las Vegas for a youth sports event, feeling nervous the whole way through the trip while socially distanced and masked among cheering strangers. Three, this zombie movie knockoff is too long, and it's half as smart as it ought to be. Plus, it should be way more funny than it occasionally is. And this much spitballing on deficiencies is possible because I am, right now, noting alternative titles that I have available to me in my homebound multiplex of streaming services that lead me to a vibrant tradition of efficient, intelligent, and humorous zombie horror movies, including Shaun of the Dead, Paranorman, Train to Busan, and Little Monsters, among many others. 
With the release of Army of the Dead, then, we are asked to accept a state of emotional and intellectual regression, which is why and how I can recite the following list of equivalent Vegas capers that a person may enjoy more than Army of the Dead, which isn't close to being as entertaining as Zack Snyder's 2004 remake of the George Romero 1978 classic Dawn of the Dead. Obviously, there is the original Ocean's Eleven, followed 40 years later by the Ocean's series, 11, 12, and 13, and the Ocean's spin-off, Ocean's 8, not to overlook a smattering of other Sin City-set entertainments like The Las Vegas Story, Meet Me in Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas, Showgirls, Diamonds Are Forever, One from the Heart, Leaving Las Vegas, Casino, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and The Hangover, which mainstreamed Mike Tyson's parolee career as humor savant at the same time bad behavior was being excused on purpose by the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority with the slogan, What Happens Here Stays Here. Army of the Dead also seems like a project that Dwayne Johnson passed on to make another Jumanji, thereby leaving this mess of intertexts and violent set pieces choreographed to popular music and slow-motion camera work to another former professional athlete turned movie star, David Bautista. Army of the Dead opens with a U.S. military convoy accidentally releasing a caged super zombie that quickly overcomes everyone in its path on the way to Las Vegas. Then, in a punchy montage, we watch Vegas overcome by the super zombie's undegged progeny until the feds quarantine the city behind a wall of intermodal containers, the kind you see being pulled by tractor trailers all over the United States. Viva! In the brief lull that follows, a viewer may wonder, why is there a refugee camp of survivors of the fall of Las Vegas living on the other side of the wall surrounding the ruin of the city of Las Vegas, indeed in its very shadow? And why haven't the zombie hordes tried to climb over, knock over, or tunnel through these literally empty containers to get at all the people massed on the other side of the wall, which bears an on-the-nose resemblance to the slapdash way American immigration policy has operated on the southern border for years. Action resumes when we learn that in a matter of days, the feds will destroy Las Vegas with a tactical nuclear weapon. It's not every man who saves the Secretary of Defense from a horde of flesh-eating monsters, earns the Medal of Freedom only to end up... Working at a burger joint. Mr. Tanaka, I'm well aware of my situation. Here's the thing. There's $200 million in the basement vault beneath the strip. $200 million the insurance company already reimbursed me for. Untaxable. Untraceable. Unspendable? That's where you come in. With 96 hours left, the government has already moved more than half of its military presence out of the quarantine zone, which makes it vulnerable. I want you to put together a team and get it out. In exchange, 50 million is yours to divvy up amongst whomever you take in with you. Scott Ward, played by Bautista, agrees to the job and builds out his team A-team style around former associates Maria, Ana de la Reguera, and Vandero, Amare Hardwick, along with a useful set of action movie demographically open-minded cross-cultural ambassadors, including a helicopter pilot, Marianne Peters, Tig Notaro, a German safecracker, Dieter, Matthias Schweighofer, two sharpshooters, Mikey Guzman and Chambers, 
Raul Castillo, and Samantha Wynn, a refugee aid worker who is also Ward's estranged daughter, Kate, Ella Purnell, a human trafficker, Lily, Nora Arnazeter, a rapey security officer, Cummings, Theo Rossi, and a casino contractor, Martin, Garrett Dillahunt, who clearly wants to leave Ward and his crew behind after recovering the money. While these names are attached to distinct-looking performers, several of whom are magnitudes of beautiful above regular folks, you are forgiven if you can't remember any of them the instant the movie ends, save for Dieter, a true light in this dark tunnel of silly. Inside the quarantine zone, Ward's team learns that the original escapee super zombie dubbed Zeus, Richard Cetrone, has built a hierarchical zombie civilization, complete with the potential for ongoing sexual reproduction rather than zombie biting to spread the undead condition, and things go from bad to worse as the team moves ever onward into the heart of the Olympus Casino, where the $200 million prize awaits them. Almost everyone dies in various battles and standoffs. Many zombies fall to automatic gunfire and bomb blasts, and the promised nuclear bomb really does blow up Las Vegas. Then poor Ward realizes he got the zombie bug on the way out of town, meaning his daughter Kate must close out the narrative by shooting her dad through the head, which she does in glorious slow motion. In an epilogue and bribe to Netflix streamers, Vandro, who is left for dead inside the Olympus vault, reveals himself as Sin City's lone survivor of a nuclear bomb blast, and now he has lots of money, courtesy of the movie's heist. So, he charters a jet for Mexico City, and then, while airborne, realizes he's zombie-bit like Ward, and will turn flesh-eating right about the time his plane lands in Mexico. Enter the sequel. Army of the Dead 2, dead again, again. Should you see Army of the Dead? Is it worth your time? Will you enjoy yourself and not regret the 148-minute runtime? I think not, although I must confess that I laughed very hard when certain zombies were blown up. Shot through. Or dropped from a height. And I busted a gut at the sight of Valentine, an undead zombie tiger that forms a bit of retroactive continuity with the long-running, real-life show Siegfried and Roy at the Mirage Resort and Casino. If the whole of Army of the Dead had been this deliberately campy and self-conscious about the tradition of zombie movies and the history of Las Vegas as a desert wasteland turned tourist Shangri-La, it might have risen above its station to be a lesser version of 28 Days Later or World War Z, each of which makes the figure of a zombie into an on-screen threat and a symbol of some deep force of contagion, disintegration, and loss that truly defines our co-video moment. Thank you for listening to the Blockbusters and Birdwalks podcast. 
My name is Garrett Chaffin Kirai. Boop boopity doo.